This podcast is supported by Siemens, your partner for industrial grade AI. And welcome to a new episode of our Industrial AI podcast. My name is Robert Weber, and it's a pleasure to talk to Günther Klambauer. Hello, Robert. Hello, welcome, Günther. Once again, guest in our podcast. It's a little bit funny of what we are talking about today because you sent me a message after our recording, and you said you you could explain a neural network with a Tamagotchi analogy <laughs> and i thought they have legalized something there in austria <laughs> but but okay let's try it i'm i'm curious please explain it to us yeah it has a bit of a background story so people always ask me can you explain this also via podcast or via just listening because the neural networks that are now the basis of, of artificial intelligence Uh, they always explained like on a blackboard with visualizing circles and connections and so on. And it's so hard on this medium, on a podcast to explain how it works. And I came up with so many analogies. And when I, I thought I had it, when I had the Tamagotchi analogy, but then I found out it's, it's too difficult. So I threw it away again. I threw many other things away. And I think I finally have it. I know how to explain it. And this is now the crazy village analogy. <laughs> okay. How did you come up with that? Yeah, I thought that the main thing is that you have to explain. So these neurons in our brain and our artificial intelligence methods, they are connected somehow and they change their connection. And what could be an analogy and, and what it's, is in the crazy village analogy is now it's like the trust that we have in people. So in the center, there is a teenager. Robert, think back when you were a teenager. There were no smartphones and so on. <laughs> and you were interested probably or... Let's say you are interested in the teenagers interested in a, in a sports event that is always in the late television in the evening and the teenager wants to watch it, but it's not allowed to watch it, right? So a situation that many of us might have seen, probably not with sports games, with soccer games, but with other things. And then on the next day, when the teenager goes to school, she wants to talk with their schoolmates about this soccer game, but yeah. She hasn't seen it. So that's a problem, right? And the solution is, okay. But my idea was when I was not allowed to watch a movie, I took the TV magazine and read the comprehensive yeah. of, the, <laughs> of, the, of the movie. We will come to, so that's also in the crazy village analogy. We will come to the magazine. So, okay. but the crazy village is now that all people are so extremely friendly. They don't tell you that they haven't seen it. So if you ask them what happened in the soccer game last night, they will tell you something. Okay, so what the teenager does, he on his way to school, he meets the neighbor and asks him, hey, have you watched the game yesterday? Uh, I want to know how it ended. And yeah, the neighbor, let's say, he said, yeah, I watched it. It ended 5-7. It was an incredible game. Okay, okay, yeah. Then the teenager next meets, let's say, the baker, gets some bread and asks him again, so have you seen the soccer game? And the baker Yeah, you know, it's a crazy village. He will not say that he hasn't seen it. So he answers, yeah, I saw a few scenes. This and this happened. And it was a, it was a zero, zero. Okay, yeah, I see. I've got two, two different answers. So I have to ask something else. So someone else. So the teenager walks to the next person. that is a schoolmate that she meets on the way to school and asks, hey, have you seen the soccer game yesterday? What was the score in the end? 
And the schoolmate says, boring game, zero one. Okay, another answer. And then uh, in the next, uh, you meet also the teenager meets also the teacher before class and asks the teacher, could you please tell me how the game, soccer game yesterday ended? And the teacher says, yeah, it was a dull game, ended zero, zero. So yeah, the teenager has a hard time to, uh, discussing with the schoolmates the game and doesn't know who to trust. But in the end, when she returns home, she sees the magazine the newspaper and reads about and turns out, for example, that the actual score was, let's say, zero, zero. And now the teenager changes that in who to trust a bit, right? So it's, uh, I would trust my teacher more. My neighbor, I wouldn't trust a lot because he said it's ended five, seven and so on. So it's slightly changed upon seeing the actual result. You slightly change who you trust. And this is, this change in trust is what we call learning. So what we would call, and please interrupt me anytime, Robert, I just, yeah, yeah. I would connect this now with the, the neural network that we have in the, in the artificial intelligence systems. So the teenager represents the so-called output neuron. So this is the, the neuron that has to predict something. It has to predict what the soccer game outcome was. And the input neurons, these are the people. The neighbor, the baker. Exactly, the baker, the neighbor, the schoolmate, the teacher, who have seen parts of the input, which was the actual TV event, a TV soccer game. And they share only partial information about this game with the person and some... Or wrong information. Wrong information, wrong information. And sometimes even like reversed, maybe the schoolmate wants to tell exactly the opposite or something like that. So the teenager starts with some initial trust in each of these four persons. But after seeing the actual game results, you change who you trust. And this is exactly what we call learning. The, these connections that we update based on seeing the actual thing, which we call training set, where we know the actual answer, which is the actual score. Based on that, we change this trust. And so in the next day, you repeat this thing again. The teenager walks to school again, talks again with the neighbor, the baker, the schoolmate, the teacher, and does the same thing again. And if, again, the teacher was right, you increase the trust even more. And you might find out, okay, the schoolmate is always telling me exactly the opposite. So I can just turn around the game result and also have some, <laughs> some good idea of what actually happened. But what role does the magazine play? The magazine is the actual result. So that's like the training set of trusted information. So we have for the AI systems, they are always trained on a training set, which is, for example, for compared with image classification. So you have a set of images that you have to classify on which you have to detect objects like boat, cat, dog. And the training set is a correct, you assume to be correct. These are pairs of images with the correct label. So the magazine is the training set. So here we have pairs of soccer games with the correct score. So based on that reliable information, I can change who I trust. I would have one extension, but yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> I think it's quite important that we might discuss this uh, first part a bit more. Yeah. How did you come up with the idea? Yes, <laughs> the difficult thing is to find something that we well understand that has this adaptive connections because like the, in this artificial neural networks, you have connections between neurons that during the training time, you change based on some mathematical rules, which are very difficult to explain. And so I have to find something which is very natural for us, where we have something like a connection to some other entity that we constantly change. And the only thing I could come up with is this trust, because we all have a network of persons that we know, we talk to regularly, 
and some we trust if they talk to them and some we <laughs> we don't trust or we say uh, we know that they are prone to telling exactly the opposite of what is actually happening <laughs> so this is i think well understandable analogy for what happens in neural networks one more question yeah that means he or she trusts teacher more now yeah but what does it mean for other tasks maybe for that's a soccer game but maybe for a tennis a match good thing yeah i think that also leads to the second part yeah so this is what we called transferring or also like with deep learning you have multiple layers of this person so i will explain that what that means yeah, i know some persons with multiple layers yeah yeah <laughs> now you can share information between tasks and that's also what happens in this learning system if you already have a system that for example can can distinguish cats and dogs it might have now it, i give it the task to distinguish ships and and, and cars And it has already learned about pixels and what, what some things are. And so this information can be shared. And this is, uh, if I have a new task, for example, another, not a soccer match, but a TV show, then I would maybe start with my trust values that I already have. But I might change it because the teacher is interested in soccer and has seen the soccer match, but is not very reliable about telling me something about the TV show that, that I'm asking about. So, yeah, this is exactly, and I didn't think of that cool that this analogy also works here <laughs> with a new task you would maybe copy the trust values and adapt them based on a couple of, of more examples and what is the solution the technical solution then the technical solution is really that you copy the neural network mm -hmm. and you then do a so-called fine-tuning so you might have a small data set of values that you collected and you train on that you don't need a big training set with many with lots of data again It might be sufficient to use the old trust values mm -hmm. and just adapt them to the new task. I think it's very interesting, this crazy village. But what do your colleagues say about the analogy? Oh, I haven't, I haven't had the chance to talk to <laughs> my research colleagues. Okay. I'm curious what they say, actually. But I think it's very good for teenagers to understand AI yeah. and the, the procedure and the processes, right? Exactly, exactly. I want to take it one step further, Robert, uh, which is... The deep learning. So what is now yeah. different in deep learning? So there's multiple layers of people. I will go back to the crazy village example yeah. and say, okay, let's say this, this full village doesn't actually have a television anymore. So the people, you're, the teenager are still just the same, but the persons uh, she's asking in the morning, they haven't for sure seen it themselves. So again, let's say the teenager gets up and, and starts the walk to school and meets the neighbor and asks the neighbor, hey, how did the game end yesterday? And the neighbor says, I haven't seen it, but I talked to some other neighbors in the morning and they told me the game ended 14-1. Okay, yeah, we know that the neighbor is prone to exaggerate, okay. <laughs> and then the teenager meets the baker again and, and asks, yeah, what, what was the, do you know what the, how the game was yesterday? And yeah, in the morning... Some people delivered, uh, I met some people, delivery people here. They, I talked with them. I know that you would be interested in the game. And I specifically asked them. I haven't seen it because there, there is no television in <laughs> our village. And the result was 2-0. And then the teenager meets the schoolmate on the way and, and says, okay, have you seen the game? No, but I've talked to my parents who were out of town. And they say that it was a dull zero one. And then you meet the teacher again, or the teenager meets the teacher again and asks, and asks him or her, okay, do you know what the outcome of the soccer game? Yeah, I met some people earlier today because I, I live in another town and 
there is television and they told me it was a thrilling 3-3 or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so when you then walk home and uh, the teenager walks home and then reads the magazine again and sees the correct result and then what she can do is next time in the morning she can tell the neighbor yo so the guys you uh, let's say it was a it was in fact a 3-3 so let's let's say the teacher was right again <laughs> yeah then the teenager could meet the the neighbor in the morning and say hey what you told me yesterday was wrong you shouldn't trust your sources you should change your sources so the, the neighbor is very friendly we know we're in the crazy village and everyone tries to be friendly also the neighbor changes who he trusts and asks in the morning so he will also do the same and go back to his source and say okay yesterday i was wrong so on who who i relied i will change and then the teenager goes to the baker and says hey also your stuff was was incorrect in the baker ah oh, i will not trust those people anymore i meet a couple of people and i will rely on others and so on so the teenager communicates that it was wrong or it was right back to the people she met and they communicate it back and this is and based on that all of them change their trust values and this is the famous chain rule or backpropagation algorithm yeah that's a very very great explanation Günther. that's very interesting absolutely yeah and this is basically how we all when you hear that ai methods are now consuming uh, needing i don't know uh, millions of gpu hours and 15% of or 10% of all the calculation capacity across the world goes into ai what they <laughs> what they are doing all the time is use doing this backpropagation in uh, so basically telling back this information whether it was right or wrong what was right or wrong and then adapting this information so imagine that now the network is not just a few people yes. but you have hundreds of layers of these people with billions of connections in between and this is has to be communicated all the time so yeah there's not one baker but a million bakers <laughs> <laughs> and each baker has a million sources and so on so that is why this is so compute intensive and you can imagine that by telling this back there also some are could be a lot of learning problems that uh, information gets a bit lost and so on which is the famous vanishing gradient problem mm -hmm. that Sepp Hochreiter discovered in the early 90s and this is the fundamental problem of training such deep neural networks yeah it's obvious that you were once a good teacher. <laughs> you have been a teacher, right? Before you, you started your academic career. Yeah, exactly. After my diploma studies, I was one year back in secondary school. Yeah, it's a pity that you are now an academic. <laughs> yeah, you could see it also like that. <laughs> yeah, but for you, it's okay. But I'm very impressed about your explanation. Very, very good. Thanks. No, I thought very hard of it and I hope it helps a lot of people. And it's also, I think, one of the options... How we, why this medium that I like so much, why a podcast, you can maybe explain how this works. Yeah, absolutely. So every time we have now interviews with guests, I will think about the crazy village by Günther. <laughs> Enjoy the summer, Günther. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Robert. Goodbye. Bye.